Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse Born Ready Nelson. What's happening? Born Ready. <laughs> Joseph, you look really good with those headphones on. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it, the reason I have the headphones on. I've never seen you with actual headphones on. I mean, you have your silly little earbuds when you show up sometimes yeah. dressed well, in orange. But I, I'm doing the real like audiophile technique here where Is I'm it, talking on a microphone and listening to myself and talking on headphones. It, I mean, maybe it is. <laughs> Welcome this to the will, show. This will be in the extended We're excited. show notes. Yes. We're excited. Um, before we dive in, a big, 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 big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, the wonderful dulcet tones of our voice that you're hearing now are uh, due to the brand new microphones. We have actual, like, legitimate professional microphones. And they're on microphones. And I know a couple of our listeners will appreciate this because I have a cup of coffee on the table. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if that will show up on there at all. How's our how's our sound look, Joseph? Yeah, I think that'll probably actually. Pick it probably will, but it's bit. not going to knock the microphone no. like right exactly. Not going to over like. It, it's it's not even close to as loud as our voices, and our voices sound so so good in my ears right now. <laughs> all right, so thank you so much, uh, CoffeeLoversRadio.com. <laughs> Click the Patreon link if you want to uh, help support the show, like our wonderful people have so far. And uh, now we're just going to dive in and um, do a show like regular, but you know with. Good audio. Good audio. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. If you miss the old noises, we're gonna come back to this over and yeah. over for the next uh, few weeks. I'm sure. Yeah, check out uh, it's the third crack. Cool. The third crack after this show, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna do a lot about it. <laughs> what do we What do we have What do we have today, Jesse? Oh, we are drinking a really nice coffee. Oh yeah, it's a direct trade Colombian coffee. Um, Who's the farmer? Subtle and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know the farmer's name. It's from uh, Finca Las Mercedes in. Yeah. And pardon my Spanglish, uh, uh, from the Cundina Market region. Gotcha. Is, is this uh, is this from um, Atlas or? No, like, no. This is from a producer group that just started. Okay, making an office yeah. in Seattle. This this is a little bit of a sidebar to our our main subject today. But um, what what I always tell people is, uh, you know, buy from people who like know the farmers. But also, that's a really challenging thing on a small business level. And one of the things I know you do is you always. You, you either buy like when you know the farmer like as much as you can, but you also buy from people who have those connections. It's like you're always in a certain level. I try and keep it as short, you know, as yeah. few of degrees of separation as possible. It's um right. Oh, it's you. it's really challenging, and I really appreciate you know kind of there's a, some mm-hmm. newish business plans, and it comes from social media a bit and stuff like gotcha. that. But we'll, we have, we'll we'll have to talk about that in a different episode. Yeah, I think that that yeah. But it kind of alludes to what we're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Because yeah, yeah. they're just, they live in Seattle and they're friends and they mm-hmm. show up at the open houses oh, and well, they hang okay. out. And so they have some bags of coffee. And, oh, that's really cool. I didn't know uh, They're definitely trying to sell a lot more than mm-hmm. our, our tiny little operation, but it's right. wonderful. And yeah. so they have kind of a new connection. So um, It was pretty delicious. And what did you just pour into my coffee? Oh, so this is this. Uh, oh, oh, that oh, smells you noticed. so good. Oh, you oh, noticed. My gosh. So another part, and this is where we're going, uh, I guess, is that we're drinking. Um, first episode of the day oh that is so good so this is uh this from salish salish sea organic liqueurs um salish sea is the name of the the indigenous name for the puget sound region i don't know if people know that uh and this is their honey bush liqueur mm. so it's uh that's about 19 percent. i mean it's a proper liqueur um honey bush is from madagascar and it's a really lovely sweet uh, flower that's not very well known. And I think they said that they're the first in the world to make a liqueur off of it, at least commercially. It's really good. Um, it's got a lot of like, I get some mint, I get some like berry fruit. Yep. Um, 
So mm. uh, yeah, our new friend uh, Haley Marie, she uh, came by and brought us some samples. But we're partnering with Salish Sea Organic Liqueurs uh, Conduit is at the Proof event coming up in uh, just a couple weeks in Fremont. And so if anybody's in Seattle and they want to come out to that, it's in the Fremont Studios. Uh, it's it's a little bit of money. So yeah, it looked like uh, some uh, liquor tastings and stuff were going to be happening there. Yeah, or? I think they have about forty or forty-five distilleries that are part of it, um, and it's uh, it's a big group. So we we are conduit is the exclusive coffee provider there, uh, and we're partnering with the Salish Sea here for their liqueurs, and we're going to have a sweet little spot, gotcha, side by side. And Intrigue Chocolate is also going to be there. So it's a really good network oh. of friends, and it's. Mm-hmm gonna be a whole lot of fun um i encourage everybody to come out because it's gonna be really really tasty uh, and that's on july 13th july 13th july 13th yeah, yeah. in the this, evening this episode will be going up on the fourth ish somewhere yeah. around there so oh, happy independence day yeah we'll uh we'll link to that in the show notes even if you don't live in the area check it out it's a fun yep. example of community involvement with local business yeah so they're really working on local the whole group the washington distillers association that's um partly behind it they uh they really put their foot down. They only want small companies to be a part of it. Yeah, so it's it's a. I'm really excited to be a part of it. It's going to be really tasty. Um, but it really, it's what I love to do most is in this community is really create some great networks and and have a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Some good food. But, I mean, that's what your business is all about. Being a conduit. We've talked about this before, but like the importance of community and so good. The people in who make your business. It, it, that's what that's what you're really focused around when it comes to business, right? And that's what kind of being a conduit is to me is is being a you know a throughput for all the good ideas and good people and all the amazing yeah. amazing food and everything that comes through in some context mm-hmm. of coffee. You know, a lot of people drink coffee, and we're all kind of involved in that. So yeah. coffee is definitely a catalyst out of routine and addiction. It's a great catalyst mm-hmm. to get people to kind of be around each other, right? Um, and that's really, I think that that's it's a challenge. You know, it's really hard to define what the value is. You know, it doesn't really conform to like yeah. a dollar value per hour of connecting people together. You know, it's... I, I would uh, I would say that there is a way to do that, but most people don't approach business from that perspective. But I, I can get into that later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, there is a way to do it. You know, yeah. we're doing it here, but right. it's like the Seattle's changed. It's really hard to keep up with that. And, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's expensive for people to live nearby. And so a lot of that's changing as far as people that know about us. And um, just even in the last seven years, Seattle's gotten quite expensive and a lot of friends have moved out of the neighborhood. And, you know, so that changes the dynamics as far as how the business operates. And mm-hmm. but. I, I've moved further south. It takes me longer to get here. I used to be a 20 minute bike right away. Right. Now it usually takes me at least an hour, not on the bike, just public transit. Yeah. So that's with the light rail, though. Yeah. So if most, I had to, that's if the I had most to efficient take, transit we have in Seattle. If I had to take the bus the whole way, my goodness, I'm not sure I would. Um, so I think what, what, we're, what we're getting at here, one of the things we're wanting to talk about, um, we're, we're involved in all these really interesting, valuable community activities, and people want to be a part of these right. kinds of things. Uh, and it's, clearly, it's clearly something that, as a, like a local consumer people want this to be part of their community they love it right uh, it feels like good I even mean, just like a cafe or a, like a small local cafe a exactly. small roaster that kind of thing you want this kind of thing in your community but there's definitely a disconnect between that desire and the the value that people feel that it's in their lives and what they're willing to pay for it right um, i mean that's a really good way to put it and i mean it's hard to monetize 
what we're talking about in those those right. scenes. But there's also like cafes. You know, I'm sure everybody has one that comes to mind. That's like this is where I met so and so. This is where our routine is, and we have our friends there. Yeah, you know, it's really hard to. There's like a scene element to it that's not really viable as far as. Or, or Mo- it's, it's hard it's to, it's hard hard to, to make with- monetarily viable because the value in like there's huge value in a local community to right. have a place where people can gather right and a discuss lot of it's luck and like meet and enjoy right uh but the <laughs> the the margin on the products being sold to make those businesses run are so low it's barely possible to make it Run right, and then, or you increase the business model to include more food or something like that. Right, so food that, or other, but products. then that changes the tables and how you sit. And yeah, I, I think there's definitely ways to do it. It's just really, really challenging. But given given the way that most people done. do it, um, there, there's also, of course, the factor of what, like you, the biggest expense to these businesses is the people who work there, right? Uh, and what they need, the knowledge and experience they need. Uh, and talent and skill to run a cafe and a roaster well. Oh my gosh! Yeah, often doesn't get respected. Oh no! I mean that's the, and that's something. I guess that's that's the big point, right? Is that the consumer end of coffee, the the baristas, the small business owners, the baristas, you know, the small roasters to a degree. But I'm talking about more the con- like the end consumer mm-hmm. people group. Right. Um, that there's it's really hard to well it's, it takes incredible skill to make coffee really well. And it's often overlooked as far as um, how much they're worth versus a chef, you know, somebody like that that has a lot of experience and things. Um, not that all baristas need to be paid what chefs get paid, but they're also mostly paid minimum wage in most cafes and then tips. And so it's really difficult to, I mean, it's a tough job. You got to be, you're front facing, you have to talk to customers all the time. You have to make good coffee. You know, a lot of these cafes, at least what we're talking about, this high end specialty cafes, you have to make coffee really well. And people bring it back to you and quickly and friendly. And there's a lot of goofy like ways to order coffee that can Mm. get under your skin or certain types. And some cafes put their foot down on what they're offering or types of milk or whatever they have. You know, one comes to mind. They have no decaf. They just don't want to mess around with it because. Who doesn't have decaf? We'll talk about it in the third okay. crack. Third, third crack. Third, third crack. crack. Yeah, the third crack edit <laughs> for uh, censorship. Yes, this is this is the behind the curtains. Uh, if you want to get in on the third crack, coffeeloversradio.com. Click on Patreon. Check out the third crack. Yep, third crack gets you in trouble. Anyways, the consumer ends. It's hard to. It's. I think a lot of customers might not realize how much effort it is to make good coffee and how much effort it is to run a small business that's open seven days a week and paying right. for those employees and the equipment's certainly not cheap. You know, we've talked about that a lot. And yeah, um, it's, it's remarkable all the investment that goes into making a good cafe. And what it comes down to is so almost inconsequential on an individual level. Right. Like thinking about Anchorhead, for example, downtown, because right now they're probably the cafe that I visit most if I go to a cafe these days. Um, really high end. They put a lot of money and investment in that. Yep. Um, really excellent, expensive equipment. I mean, like they have you know, an espresso machine and a, and a poor steady. And they each cost like a car. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the training for their baristas to so much labor goes to, into the training. Yeah, like it's so to do hard. all that. And you know, most of us are walking in and just getting a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Which, if if you look at it from that perspective, like that's a lot of coffees, cups of coffee you have to sell. It is a lot of cups of coffee, but also from the individual's perspective, like I walk in, I order a cup of coffee. I want that to be what I expect it to be and to sit down and enjoy it. Right. And 
I'm not paying much at all for that. But if it doesn't come out to my expectations. Right. How often do you have more than one cup of coffee? In a cafe? Yeah. Rarely. Right. Think about a bar. How often do you have more than one drink at a bar? <laughs> Usually. Usually, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's so... Yeah. There's a model that and there's, is there that we're clearly right. paying more in our life for. And it's, yeah. a, it's an odd thing. I'm, and, and the effort to, to make a beer. Right. And there's a whole lot more taxes <laughs> and stuff like that that go into right. alcohol. So a lot more percentage of, of that's taxes that they're paying on yeah. some of that production. But it's still a fair wage for local yeah. you know, local products, usually a good, you know, gastro pub here yeah. in Seattle. Or, or let, let's, but, I think to make a fair comparison would be like the, the upscale co- uh, cocktail bars that mm-hmm. have become really popular around here where the, the like people working in them yeah. uh, have developed a lot of skills in making a good right. cocktail and you go there to appreciate and, and, and indulge and you want them to have those skills. And I think by and large, they are paid well for that around here. Yeah. Pretty reasonably well. And I think yeah, and a lot get of a lot on tips. I mean, I, there's some bartenders. I was talking to an owner of a bar a couple yeah. days ago and his main bartender makes 125,000 a year. Wow. Um, and, but bad. in fairness in Seattle to live alone in a one bedroom apartment, the minimum amount that you need to be financially responsible is 90,000 a year. Yeah. So, you know, he's paid middle income in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and it's a whole lot of work. He's also working six days a week, mm-hmm. working till two, three in the morning. I mean, you're responsible for all that. Alcohol's messy. Yeah. Like, we can talk about how hard it is to be a bartender, <laughs> and they deserve that. It's just funny that there's such a disconnect with how much money we're willing to spend at a bar versus how much money uh, we're willing to spend at I can a think of a, a couple people we could bring in and maybe talk about that perspective. Right. So here's the other pinch on this, and, and this comes, I don't want to dwell on the recent events in Seattle, but it comes from just... I've been thinking about this as a small business owner and how hard it is to be a small business owner in Seattle, mm-hmm. just with all the changes over the last eight years, seven yeah. years. And it's really, it's, so it's, there's, you're pinched from both sides. You're pinched from wages going up, whether it's mandatory $15 an hour, or just that's what it takes to get good employees. Yeah. Um, you're pinched between that labor, the cost of coffee, not going any cheaper right and then also just the rent and the roasting space and all that rent on that and so you're pinched from all sides and so i can just see stress building up and the cash flow problems building up for so many businesses and ultimately the people that are hurt the most unless a business collapses the people that are hurt the most are the employees either yeah. they're paid they're underpaid or they lose their jobs mm-hmm. um or there's just bad work environments right there's there's just grit that comes from being that stressed out like whether it's the business culture or whatever i think it's a it's a tough thing and, and customers of coffee shops like that they don't they don't see that you're not allowed to put that out there at a cafe that yeah, yeah for sure uh i mean that's that's part of like what you're being paid to do is to create a really friendly inviting presence right. uh and so you have to as a barista ignore all of the bad stuff and just be uh, a good connection for people who come in. Right. And that's the beautiful part about coffee. That's also the best part about coffee. Yeah. That's what, you know, my, my name's, the company name is based off of that. Being a conduit, you are right. that person. You are doing that. And it is a cheap thing to do. That's why there's three billion cups of coffee a day is it is inherently a cheaper commodity like that. And so there's such a routine going into it. So it's tough to balance that. And also that's the other side of the pinch too in, in the small businesses. If you're doing coffee really, really well, 
and you want to pay your employees well, you're still getting pinched by the regular routine. The other 95% of coffee drinkers that are totally fine going to Pete's or Starbucks or whatever at the grocery store, or their convenience, the drive-through. Like they right. just, it's the vast, vast majority of the coffee industry is based on the convenience and the and the cheap cups of coffee all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's really tough to reconcile that when the customer just wants a cheap cup of coffee, but you're trying to do something artful. I don't run a, a business in coffee that has employees on this level. I don't have a local business. I don't have a space. Um, I have worked with a lot of people who do uh, and, you know, consulted and advised and that kind of thing. It, and I think I just want to throw in my perspective on business. Uh, this has just been on my mind recently in general. And I don't see a lot of businesses doing this kind of thing, like big or small. But the thing to me that is the most important in business um, is the relationship that you have with your customers. And the business should be built around creating and nurturing and promoting that relationship. And the coffee is just a vehicle for doing that. And what most local businesses fail to do is start that relationship before anyone ever walks into their door. And this is not exactly an easy thing to do but if you can do that then everything that you're doing becomes a vehicle for the relationship versus a product right uh and it allows you to expand and do things more than just sell coffee because you're not the goal is not to sell coffee the goal is to enrich the people's lives who are involved in the thing and that can involve I mean, because you're a business, it has to involve selling things because you need to make it a business. Right. But you can expand to do other things. This is what Starbucks does so artfully well, is they understand that coffee is just the vehicle for the yeah. value and relationship that they have with their customers. And, you know, you, you look at their product line and they have like, I don't know, probably thousands of products or whatever. Right. You could spend several thousand dollars on an espresso machine. And this is why every time you walk into a Starbucks, regardless of who you are, it's worth a certain amount of money to them. Yep. Like, I know it's a, it's a surprising amount of money, like, I don't know, $40 or something like that. Every time a person walks into a Starbucks, <laughs> even if you yourself never, ever buy from them, right. You are giving them $40 every time you walk in. <laughs> that's how, that's how this whole thing yep. works. Uh, but, and that's even business, before you get into the value of the advertising and what you're seeing when you walk right. in or where, you know, the sensors on, where your eyeballs are looking when exactly. you walk in and the layout. And yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that's the, we've talked about this many, yeah. many times, but, but th- the, this is where like the, the, if, if we can be critical of smaller business, this is where smaller business fails is I think they end up focusing too much on what, what they are selling as their product. Right. And they devalue the relationship with their customers and, and also by extension, the relationship with their employees. Yep. Uh, but given having said that, this is a really hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, well, you're reminding me of some things that I'm not going to talk about now, but I'm taking notes for, yeah, for conduit that we need to work on this summer. And a lot of it is nurturing those, yeah. those customers of ours and inviting them, you know, special events and things like yeah. that. I mean, you, you already do a really good job with this. And the fact that you have this open house, like that's a huge step that a lot of people don't do. It's like, Hey, come in. Yeah. If know, I could be a little self-critical space, about that, it's, I, it's welcoming. We don't but, send a nearly enough of that. That's true. To you our subscribers themselves. Yeah. So we have, this is off air topic. I want to, I, have so many <laughs> things, I haven't even talked to you about that's, the big idea yet. Like that's cool. Uh, but just, even I want, the maybe fact, I'll, maybe I'll reveal some of it in the third crack. Cause I, I've, 
we don't have a lot of time to yeah. record today. So I even the fact that you out. have it open and welcoming, right, already puts you like head and shoulders above a lot of other businesses because it's like saying to your friends, "Hey, this is my home. You're welcome. Come in." Even if they're on the right. other side and of we the don't... world, that's still like I like to know that you know my friends in like I got a buddy who lives in Thailand, right, and. Like every time we talk, he's like, "Hey, man! Anytime you want to come by, you know, just come on in. I got a place for you to stay." Like that feels that feels good. Yeah. To like have that kind of relationship with someone, you know, uh, and that's the kind of thing that businesses could be doing, where I think they're failing a lot of. The and times. I well, and they're trying. It, it's just that. So I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, I guess, in the context. It's it's not that bigger businesses aren't trying it. It's just that what you're describing doesn't conform to modern kind of capitalistic ideas of making profit off of see off I, of those relationships right it doesn't it doesn't allow that there's not a modern legal corporate code that encourages people to partner right and like all tax codes based on highest potential use not that's, not that's, on that's value fair. social value or social justice or ways that you're building community right there's no there's no there's there's no yeah public code that really wants people aside from like, the tradition of business like does that. not respect that tradition tradition of business well, right. does not respect that but but look at look at so this is why the say, value can be built into it they can be and that's why you look at look at ada's discovery cafe yeah right there's at&t ah. silly silly tech company yeah uh building out one of the best cafes in the world yeah so they can help sell tvs and stuff and i i have no idea i gotta hey. go see cole and just that's like, also a good way to promote just the show. Is going go into McBride. just going into Ada's, right. like having a coffee at Ada's Discovery Cafe, is going to make you feel better about a connection with AT and T than another company. Right, like that's how psychology works, and that's it's, how we and work it, as humans. It, personally, it doesn't make me want to switch my phone service at all. I hate AT, but we're talking about them right now. But I hate them less. Yeah, I feel like I hate them less. Well, now that's an that interesting they have thing. The great co- like, On the other yeah. hand, they'll look at Capital One. They're trying to do that oh, with the yeah. cafes, but like, there's no reason to go there hmm. because there's really great cafes next door to those places, yeah. right? Like, there's so much good coffee. That one down in South Lake Union here. I mean, there's there's four excellent cafes for coffee within two blocks. So that's a silly idea because it's just it's just coffee at a bank. I think maybe a, maybe a difference. Whereas there the Ada's is, is different because it's like this is this is the U.S. barista champion making some of the most exquisite coffee in the world. Well, well, there's another difference there too. Is the Ada's Discovery Cafe is Ada's Discovery Cafe right. with AT&T versus the Capital One Cafe with who the heck is in there? I don't know. I don't want to go to a Banks Cafe. I know. I want to go to Ada's Cafe. So do you think baristas would be more respected if they wore suits and ties? So this is one thing that I actually, <laughs> uh, this is a good question because yeah. one of my favorite cafes anywhere is um, Coffee House Northwest in Portland. Uh, this is um, actually it's been a long time since I've been, so I don't know if they're still doing this, but it's uh, Sterling Coffee Roasters Cafe. Okay. And they wear a suit and vest. Uh, very, like, well put together. Right. And I walk in and I order a coffee and I just, I feel like good and like, you know. And you trust them to make you good coffee. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, this this feels like very, I feel, I feel like more respected yeah. in that space than I do in well, others. Well, because I, that kind of, Prim and proper posture and everything by baristas also is going to be reflected in the space itself too. That's true. You know, yeah, it's not like they're at a drive-through coffee stand. So I, I don't think that's necessary for every place. Like I think each place has can have its own thing. But I think putting a lot of thought into the presentation of your baristas is important. Um, it is. As long yeah, you know, I I totally agree, and I think that that's 
I think that's true for... But we're a little off the sidetrack of, like, are we? I don't know. Okay. So to kind of wrap it all up, I think... I guess it's... I just want people to think about how much effort goes into that, that cup of coffee in their hand and the amount of... How difficult it is for the small businesses and for the baristas to make really excellent coffee, but also how much coffee is part of that community. And I think that the right. more we treat if the, you, the employees and the cafes as part of the community and value it better, yeah. and there's many ways to do that. I think everybody has their own way, whether it's bigger tips or more purchases or shout outs yeah, on I social really, media or whatever. I mean, there's different ways to support that. There's no real monetary way. But I, I think just... Yeah, it's difficult because what can you do as a as a customer? You go into a cafe and you well, you find buy the out. drinks you're going to buy. I think if you can, but, uh, make but you a can also you can definitely. So, uh, coffee is definitely one of those things you can vote with your dollar, right? And yeah, so that's true. you find out about. I mean, you can talk to the baristas if you if you're into it. You can sort of tell how happy they yeah. are and stuff like that. And so you know, support support the companies that you trust. You know, support the support the businesses that are open and having a good time and yeah. and open in the sense of open to the community, but also open to the employees and to, you know, what they're putting into the business as right. well. I mean, no cafe would be, like, no high-end cafe would yeah. be anything if it wasn't for the employees giving a crop about their cup and yep. making good coffee and That's right. putting their effort into that, That's right? right. Like, no good cafe would be what they are without the employees dedicating whatever many years, I mean, sometimes 12, 16 years in the industry to make coffee because you yeah. love it, mm-hmm. right? And it's definitely such a skill that you hone. So I think that there's so many things to, to respect and to pay attention to make sure you're respecting these cafes. And, yeah. and part of that's the community and just how that coffee is fitting into it. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, I don't know, is that too serious? Yeah, well said. Also, Salish Sea Organic Liqueurs. Tastes really good. We're going to do some fun little full espresso bar mochas with this liqueur at mm. Proof. Um, Looking forward to that. Yep. Check out the show notes. July 13th, coffeeloversradio.com. Thank you so much for listening. And subscribe to our Patreon. That's right. For just a dollar, you can see us playing with our new microphones. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. This has been Joseph. And Jesse. With Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows, click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Visit coffeeloversradio.com, say hello, and listen to our after show, The The Third Third Crack. Crack!